We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's time to dive into the mailbag, everybody. We have about, about 20 or so questions that we'll get into here. We have some super chats and some non-super chats. So we're going to work through those and have a little impromptu mailbag. I don't normally do mailbags on uh, on the Notre Dame midweek rundown. But today, I just kind of felt like a mailbag. Felt like talking to you all a little bit. So Andre Rainey with a super chat. Thank you very much, Andre. Appreciate you. It must be me. But between the portal, the incoming 24 class, and the returning players next week, uh, players next year seems way more optimistic than this year is the O-line now our biggest question mark. I I don't know that I would say that I'm necessarily more optimistic about next year than I was this year. I, I just felt this year was a huge missed opportunity and, and for a host of reasons, what other teams had, you, you know, you had a lot of proven production. You just didn't, you didn't maximize what this team could be. They pretty much did on defense. Special teams was, little disappointing and of course the offense was very disappointing uh in those big moments but we also saw growth from the offense in a lot of ways this year too which tends to get ignored and and so to me i mean andre i'm i'm starting to get a little excited about next year just this team could be really really good but there's still there's still i'd say more question marks about this team than last year you know, you're, you're going to have two new tackles. You're going to have a new look skill set, you know, group of skill players next year. You know, your defense is going to lose a lot of veteran players because you just, you know, like one thing that we were pretty adamant about at, here at IB is, is we really felt like the defense is going to be better this year. Now, did I think it was going to be as good as it was? I thought it could be as good as it was. Not that it would be, but it could be. And it ended up being so. We said, hey, if the D-line can can step up and replace those guys and you love the secondary talent and the, the linebackers got to play better if they can play better. And they, it all did. D line was a lot better this year, a lot more consistent, a lot more steady. The linebackers were a lot better this year. And then of course the secondary was every bit as good as we thought it would be. So I, I get with you. I, I mean, I guess I'm, I, I'm not quite there yet, but I think by the time we get closer to the season, I, I will be. But I do think this team has a chance to be pretty good. I just don't know if this team has the same ceiling as this past year's team from a from a, a combination of experience plus talent standpoint. What I could say next year, Andre, is with the portal additions, with the 24 class like you mentioned, 
and then the emergence of the f- current freshmen and sophomores getting another year of experience, I do believe this team is going to be deeper and more athletic than it was this year. And I thought this year's team had a chance to be very athletic. You had some injuries and some different things that that happened, and you were very young in a lot of those positions. But next year, a lot of that youth, Jeremiah Love's going to be a second-year player next year. Jadarian Price is going to be a third-year player that's now in year two post-injury. That's huge. I think those two kids have a chance to be special together. You know, Jabron Payne got a lot of experience this season. You're going to have a lot of experience at, at the linebacker. I mean, it's the wide receiver position of the new guys, plus the younger guys got a lot of experience. You're going to be pretty deep at tight end. You're going to be, you're going to bring back a ton of veterans on the defensive line. You're not going to be as young as veteran at linebacker, but way more athletic and longer. And you're going to lose some experience in secondary, but there's a chance that you, if Xavier Watts comes back, you could be every bit as good in the secondary next year as you were this year. So I get where you're coming from. The big thing for me is, is Riley Leonard is the thing that made me start feeling this way because I do think he has a chance to be a special quarterback. He's going to have to continue to grow and improve as a player, but there's a lot to like there. And, and, and I do believe that we're going to see that transition offensively that I, that I talked about. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Got a super chat from K Grant. Appreciate you, K Grant. Today's my birthday. Happy birthday, man. So I thought this would be fun. Best birthday memory you have. Go Irish. Well, I have a couple, and usually they involve um, going to baseball games or the zoo. We went to, so my sister and I had, uh, our birthdays were a day apart. They were three years, but a day apart. She was born on May 10th. I was born on May 11th. And 
so my parents would always, when we were young, would always kind of, you know, they try to have two birthdays. And, but when we got older, they start, we started doing more things where we would kind of go do things as a family for our birthdays. And we'd get to bring friends with us and stuff. So we'd go to like, we'd go to like amusement parks. We'd always, Cedar Point was the main one we'd always go to. We'd go over to the Fort Wayne Zoo. So I remember one birthday when I was younger and I don't remember everything about it, but I just remember I just had a great time being with my family. We went to the Fort Wayne Zoo and then we went to Chuck E. Cheese afterwards and that was the i think the first time i'd ever been to chuck e cheese or at least the first time i remembered being a chuck e cheese and that was a lot of fun those big giant singing bears freaked me out a little bit but i also thought it was pretty cool at the time i thought the pizza was pretty good uh, another year i had a birthday party at the ground round i just remember that being a lot of fun a lot of my friends came uh, and then of course we would do birthdays at you know we do reds games for birthdays as well at times which i always loved so those were always those were my favorite my favorite memories and my wife surprised me on my See, my 30th birthday, we were living in Colorado. My wife surprised me by flying my mom out to see us and be with us. And so that was a really, really awesome experience, too, because I uh, was the further. I mean, I'd always I've been living away from my parents for most of my adult life. I mean, I moved out of home to go to college. I would come stay over the summers and work for them. And then there was a, a brief period where I lived with them. But I mean, I was out coaching and and things. So I had been away from home, but I, I was always usually like a, a day drive away. If I, you know, you want to live in Ohio, if I want to get in the morning and drive, I could be home by at night. Colorado's a little different animal. And and so, you know, it was, it was being a little bummer being away from my family and stuff. But my, when my mom flew, flew out for my birthday, my 30th birthday, that was really cool. That was a really cool experience. Tyler Evans with Super Chat. Thank you, Tyler. Tyler Van Dyke to Wisconsin. What do you think? This isn't, this is, this is going to be determined, Tyler, by which version of Tyler Van Dyke are they going to get? And and my fear is that I don't know that Tyler Van Dyke is the guy that I saw two years ago anymore. I mean, two years ago, boy, I tell you, I mean, I was very high on Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, you're talking about a kid that, that threw for 2,900 yards and 25 touchdowns, only six picks, had a 160 quarterback rating. You know, then he comes out the next year and he gets banged up and beat around a little bit, only throws for 1,800 yards in nine games, 10 touchdowns, five picks. And then you come out this year and, and he was at times – he looked like that guy, and at times he he just wasn't very good. I mean, I thought he was brilliant against Texas A and M. Like if they get that guy, that's going to be really good for Wisconsin, you know. And 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 he was he thought he was pretty good against Temple in a blowout win. You know, made some big throws against Georgia Tech and had some really impressive throws against Georgia Tech. And then he turns the ball over three times in the game. You know, he was was really had some money throws against North. He threw a deep ball, and I'm trying to remember who he threw it to. But he threw a deep ball, and he got drilled in the chest as he threw it. But, I mean, he took a hit, and he knew it was coming. And it was a go route up the left sideline, just dropped it, like, on a dime to the receiver. I'm like, man, that is an NFL throw. That is a big-time throw. But he got, you know, turned the ball over multiple times in that game, got hurt. And then when he came back from the injury the next three games, he was terrible. He was terrible against Virginia, NC State, Florida State, had six picks, no touchdowns, was better against Louisville, I thought, was, was actually pretty good against Louisville. Boston Kaji was okay. They're just not very good. So he was such an erratic up and down quarterback. But even this year, I mean, if they get the the Texas AM, the North Carolina, the Louisville, BC version of it, I think it makes a lot of sense because he's a kid with a, with a really good arm. He's big. The problem is he just doesn't handle pressure really well. And 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 uh I mean, I mean physical pressure. He just if you can if you can do things to mess him up physically or mentally, he can go in a tank because his he's he's he looks like an NFL quarterback this game and then he looks like that dude shouldn't be starting for you anymore in the next game and that's the concern but i'll tell you this i like him a whole lot better than tanner mordecai that is for darn sure 
Uh, I was not high on that pickup. I mean, if you ever looked at what Tanner Mordecai did against Power 5 teams, it was not good. I am not at all surprised that Tanner Mordecai struggled, uh, to be completely honest with you. The the question mark I have is is this. If if I'm I'd, – I'd, I'd really have to know why they don't feel good about potentially turning things over to one of their younger quarterbacks. That would be something that I'd be very, very curious about because when I when I look at Wisconsin's roster, you know, there, there's a, you know, they've got a young quarterback on that. Nick Evers is who it is, who was a freshman this year, redshirt freshman this year, freshman this year, that transferred from Oklahoma. He committed to Florida, went to Oklahoma, left Oklahoma, uh, and came to note went to Wisconsin. I'm trying to, what year was Nick Evers? I, I may be wrong on. That. I thought he was a true. I thought he was in. Steve Angeli's class. Well, let me just look at that real quick. Let me just find out. And he's a younger guy. So let, just give me one second. Yeah, he was in the – let me – give me a second. What class was he in? This is going to bother me. I thought he was in the Kenny Minchie class. No, he's a sophomore. So he's in – he was a sophomore this year. He's a kid that I really liked and committed to Florida – flipped to Oklahoma when Dan Mullen got fired, transferred after one year to Wisconsin. I think he's a really talented kid. I think he's a kid that can can play. And they must not think much of him or they're in win-now mode. And I just don't know that they should be in win-now mode, to be honest with you, because I don't think they have the roster to be in win-now mode. And I think I would be concerned if I was if I was uh, Wisconsin, a Wisconsin fan, they're not in a position – that Notre Dame is in with Riley Leonard. Two reasons. Number one, Riley Leonard's a way better quarterback right now than than, than um, Tyler Van Dyke right now. Last two years, way better quarterback. Number two, they're not in the situation where a quarterback can kind of take them to the playoff. I don't think they're going to have a playoff team next year, uh, even no matter who the quarterback is. And so you're stunting your growth, but I'm like, but for what? what's the end game? for stunting your growth. Is it just because those new teams are coming into the league and you don't want to just get just destroyed next year? Maybe. Okay. I kind of understand that, but I feel like you're stunting the growth of your younger players for a guy that is just not to me, a needle moving player based on what we've seen the last two years. However, if they get Texas A&M 2021, North Carolina, Louisville, Boston college version of Tyler Van Dyke, then, then I would change my mind. I just don't know that you're going to get that guy because that guy can play like a day one or day two NFL draft pick, in my opinion. I really like his natural ability. He just hasn't been that guy as, as nearly enough, and you can't have that kind of inc- inconsistency in quarterback. Let's go to the next Super Chat from Frank G. Another Jersey guy at Notre Dame. Gotta love it. He's obviously talking about R.J. Oban there. That would obviously be uh, – be a big one here. Michael S. asks, will Riley Leonard be available for spring practice? As I said yesterday, I don't know the answer to that. Have Actually, let me text somebody right now about that one. Um, hold on a second. See if I can get an answer to that before the end of the show. Uh, but um, I, I don't know the answer. I'm not saying he will or won't. I'm just saying I, I have not been told definitively one way or the other, and I honestly haven't asked. I would assume he'll be here for the spring, but I don't want to say for sure because I don't know for sure. And I've told y'all before, I'm not going to tell you something if I don't know it. I'll give you my opinion. I think he will be. I assume he will be, but I don't know for 100% certain. 
My Iden Banami don't need names. Any big time players still leaving? Well, yeah, there's some guys that that uh, Notre Dame has. I mean, I, guys, it's not hard to figure out. I mean, there's a couple at least big time players that are going to opt announce over the next couple of days that they're not playing the bowl game. So yes, we we will see some more um, on that one. Nolan, uh, Andy Milton fan, what's the latest news on Nolan Ziegler? Just working to try to get back on the team. That's that's that's. It. I mean, outside of that, I, uh, I have the same stance now that I had before. That's a personal, private issue that's related to something that I'm not comfortable talking about. That's uh, that's Nolan and Notre Dame's news to discuss. And outside of that, it's just it's just not something to talk about. So I I just want, only brought it up because you gave a super chat, which I appreciate. But it's just this isn't a knee injury, a shoulder injury, a guy not playing well. This is something completely different, and it's just not something I'm comfortable talking about. I then Benami also with another super chat is Colsey healthy yet? Any issues with Riley Leonard's foot or ankle? Well, I mean, right now, you know, I don't know how healthy he would be to play in a bowl game right now, but neither of those injuries, from what I understand, are are going to have a long lasting impact on him so he should be fine you just have to hope there's no setbacks is Deion Colsey healthy yet yeah Deion's healthy look I'm not going to say this with 100% certainty but my understanding is Deion could have played during the regular season he could have played in November at times but he was not going to because he basically was like many players was not I mean he's a junior he wasn't getting a lot of playing time early there's an issue there with the position coach. You're probably leaving at the end of the year, and you don't want to waste a year of eligibility for a guy who won't play you like you like you think you should get played and should have been played. Who is just not? You're just not in a healthy situation as a as a as a room. Take the red shirt, transfer somewhere, and have two years of eligibility left. Well, obviously, I think those plans change now that the position coach isn't there anymore. And so Dion will be able to play in the bowl game and, and be healthy enough to play in the bowl game and hopefully can be an impact player. I I would really, really like to see Notre Dame try to get Dion involved in this game early. I think he could be a difference maker because if you can get that boundary position to finally – I mean, Notre Dame got very little production from the boundary this year, which was ooh, problematic. And I'm actually over the next couple of weeks, I'm hoping to have all my breakdowns done so I kind of show just a big drop in boundary production they had. I mean, the the boundary production was awful this year for what you need from the boundary. Dion can be that guy. And then if Dion can step up and be that guy, then you can keep great house and, and Jaden Thomas out of the boundary as much as they were in the boundary this season. They're both going to have to play in the boundary at times, or at least great Thomas will because Dion can't play the whole game, but you hope that Dion give you 30 plus snaps and then you can use those other guys in other positions. That would be the ideal, the preferred situation. Uh, facilitating form. We've seen the new Eddie Murphy Christmas movie. It was fun. USC Notre Dame storyline in it. Kind of cool. I have not. Uh, I've heard about it, but I have not done it yet. A bent ND. It, besides the kicker and possibly third receiver, do you think they're done with the portal until after the bowl game? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Again, I still think they're looking for another safety in the class. So that could be one. And, and you know, I, I believe there's a couple other guys that may be good enough to look at. But I, I, as far as just positions of need, a Ben, I think those those two are the primary ones. Plus, a deep safety are the primary ones. Uh, just got a, a, a confirmation. I was told. I asked, "Will Riley Leonard be here for spring practice?" And I was told, "Yes." So looks like um, looks like he will be with Notre Dame in the spring. So that's that's a big one. T Guns asks, "How many more portal guys are they going looking to take?" Kind of the similar question. I think they definitely want two more. They'll for sure get one more. 
I don't know that a third receiver is a given yet. I know they're pushing for one, but I don't think they're going to just take a guy just to take a guy. There's some guys that they like, um, but it's still to be determined if they're going to be able to get those guys. They definitely want a kicker. We anticipate them getting a kicker here soon. I'd be shocked if it didn't happen over the next week, um, unless it's a you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, the, the guy's in the portal. It's it's you know, we we know who it is. It's it's uh, Mitch Cheater is is the place kicker for South Carolina. So it's I'm okay saying it. It's not it's not a secret, but uh, they want to get him. I anticipate them getting him here soon. Outside of that. I, I don't know that it's given that they'll get anybody else outside of that. That's the only other position that they definitely, definitely need another guy. They don't need a third receiver. It's just about, you know, figuring out, can you get the right guy? That's really what it boils down to. Archer four, five says four, five, two says, will we get an episode of you guys revisiting your preseason predictions? I always enjoy it when people look back at the end of the season to see how much they nailed it and how far they offer. No, probably not. I mean, we haven't done it before. I mean, I, I don't find those kind of shows that enjoyable. We may. I'll talk to the guys about it. But, no, we don't normally do that. I mean, there's some things that, you know, we we may do a segment. I don't know, maybe a midweek rundown. I'll do something like that. But I hadn't really thought about it, and it, it's not something that necessarily. Because the thing is, like, most of my predictions I don't have written down. I'd have to go back and listen to the shows, and I just don't want to. Um, but, um, obviously, you got the record wrong. I had Notre Dame at 11-1 and in the playoff. They went 9-3. and uh, I actually only got two of my playoff teams correct. Actually, I only got one playoff team correct this year. I had my playoff prediction was Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Washington. The only one I got right was Washington. So I know I got that one wrong. My prediction for Audric Estime's numbers this year, and because remember, we had Ryan and I had a debate a couple months ago about where Audric would finish yards per carry. I thought he would definitely still be into the sixes. Ryan thought he'd fall into the fives. He ended up being at six four. And I was pretty close to his production. I was way off on Sam Hartman's predicted production, way off. He didn't even get to 1,000, 3,000 yards, which if you'd have told me before the season Sam Hartman wasn't going to go throw for 3,000 yards, I'd have asked you how many games did he miss. I, I, I would have, no. Um, I thought the defense was going to be very good this year. I was one of those people that kept pushing back on the notion that the defense was going to be, you know, was a question mark. I said, look, I don't know if they'll, they'll be elite, but they'll definitely be better than they were last year. And if the D-line steps up and the linebackers play better, they could be really good. I was right on that one. Um, so, and, and obviously, like I said, the record, I was off on that one. So that that's, those are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. And there's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. 
And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Coach Koch says, what is your level of confidence in the wide receiver room? Do the transfers elevate the room despite the departure? Should they be better now than last year? I, I, de- I mean, I'm gonna. This will be a topic of conversation. I'll probably talk about this probably after the bowl game, just breaking down the receiver room. But just briefly, coach, to answer your question, I, I think the receiver room's got a chance to be a lot better. Reason number one, they're going to be coached better, in my opinion, from what I've from what I have learned of Mike Brown, talking to other people, and and you guys have known I've been complaining about receiver coaching going back to the spring. Uh, liked how much Ch- Coach Stuckey got the group to improve in year one from start to finish. That was good. I was glad we saw that. But there were some things I didn't like in the spring, and then early in fall camp, I'm just like, I don't know what they're doing here. Uh, it was it was concerning to me. And so I think they'll be coached better. You get Jaden Thomas and Deion healthy, Colsey back healthy. They, they should be better than what they were this year. Year two, Jaden Thomas, and year two, Jaden Jordan Faison should be better than year one of those players. And then it's like, okay, you kind of, you know, you're you're trading Jaden Thomas in the boundary for Deion Colsey and Bo Collins, right? Or you can look at it this way. You're, you're trading Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey in the boundary for potentially Deion Colsey and Bo Collins or Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, and Bo Collins. When you look at the field position, you had Tobias Merriweather, who the coaches didn't trust, didn't throw the ball to very much, and Rico Flores, who they threw to a ton – but he wasn't overly productive. As a guy called me last night and we were talking, he's like, do you remember one time that Rico Colsey made a catch where he wasn't kind of wide open? I was like, other than the Central Michigan go route, I really don't. You know, he got a lot of production because he, you know, worked in the middle of the field. He worked in zones that was open. He, he was a really good blocker. But, you know, I, I've said this before. I just, I don't think that's a big miss. You give me a combination of great house who will play inside and out, Chris Mitchell and Jaden Thomas or all three guys plus Cam Williams. I think that Z position will be a lot better. You had Chris Tyree and Jordan, Jaden Greathouse, and then Chris Tyree and Jordan Faison this year. Chris Tyree did a lot of good things, but he was year one of playing wide receiver. I look at sophomore Jordan Faison, sophomore Jaden Greathouse, sometimes Jaden, you know, sometimes Jaden Thomas potentially. I just think there's a chance to be a lot better there next season. Uh, so yeah, I do anticipate the wide receiver position being a lot better next year. I, I do. And, you know, we'll, we'll We'll see how much better, but I, I, you know, again, the the the, the, the more players, more top level talent. Cam Williams is better than Braylon James, and I, I I'm very high on Braylon James, but Cam is just a better player and a more advanced player, so he'll be better as a freshman than Braylon was as a freshman. I think he'll be better as a freshman than Braylon would have been as a sophomore. I think Braylon was going to be was going to play more next year, but he was going to be a guy that maybe in 2025 could step up and play a lot more. So, you know, again, the, the the additions that you're getting, I believe, should allow you to do a couple things. Number one, you got Deion Colsey and Bo Collins in the boundary. As long as, as Deion stays, 
I love that one-two punch. Bo can also play some Z. You've got Chris Mitchell coming in to play the Z. You've also got Cam Williams coming in to play the Z. Jaden Greathouse can move outside and play some Z because I would love to see Jaden Greathouse move around. You know, so so as I've said before, I don't want to see and in the slot you have Jaden Greathouse and Jordan Faison. I don't want to see it like it was early this year where it's just they're the two slots and they only play the slot. I want to see times where those type guys rotate, but there's also times when I want to see Jaden Greathouse in the field, in the game at Z. So you kind of move them back and forth. And so you look at all that depth and you're like, boy, that's six, seven really good football players. What I think that does is that now allows you to take Jaden Thomas and make him the jack of all trades that he needs to be. That's where Jaden needs to be, a guy that can play Z, a guy that can play X, a guy that can play in the slot. And now he can get his snaps by moving all around. I think that's what I would like to see from that position, Coach. And then Coach also asks, do you? we know what the running back rotation will look like for the bowl game. I'm going to hold off on talking about that till tomorrow. And we'll, we'll talk about that one tomorrow. Because right now, Audric hasn't announced anything, and, and we need to wait for him to make his announcement before we really dive too much into that. And then Coach asks, uh, what can we learn about Gino, Coach Gino this season on account of him not having a second transfer quarterback? How do we think he can help Riley this season? We talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's it's he's gonna have to really improve his footwork. That's gonna be a big key. Footwork, 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 footwork. That's the biggest area of coaching that G, that Gino Gadulli needs to implement in Riley Leonard. Get the footwork down. Footwork, footwork, footwork. Just as a passer, but also really working on getting him comfortable taking snaps under center and turn around, handing the ball off and executing play action. And hopefully he can do a little bit quicker than it happened on Sam Hartman, who took some time to really, really get comfortable with the timing out of play action. Now, it's not unexpected because Sam's offense is a lot different. And, uh, you know, but hopefully Riley Leonard also being three to four inches taller should be able to help him with that transition as well. Brian Hockney asks, what do you think of Jamal Banks' film? And will we look at him? I do believe Notre Dame is looking at him. Uh, will they get him? Will they make that hard to push? That remains to be seen. But there's a lot to like about Jamal Banks. He's 6'3", 6'4", 205-pound, skinny kid, vertical player. Not as pure speedy as maybe some some other players that you could look at. Chris Mitchell, uh, A.T. Perry at Wake Forest, but but plenty of speed for that size. He's a long strider. Reminds me a little bit of Tobias Merriweather from, from that and like a body type standpoint and from a, just a long straight look, looks faster maybe than he is. Uh, solid route runner, good off the line. But the thing I love about him, good Lord, his ball skills are nuts. That kid has exceptional ball skills, great catch radius, very strong hands, very dependable. I think the last three years, I was looking at this number. I was looking at this earlier, Brian, and and I'm going to find this because it it was a really uh, impressive number. And I want to just give you the the actual number of of his production the the last year. So let me just just pull this up real quick and go to receiving. So over the last three years, uh, he has been targeted. Actually, let's just go the last two years. He had he was targeted 148 times. He made 107 catches that for 415, 405 yards and 13 touchdowns. That's 66% completion rate when targeted. But over, over that stretch, again, that's 162 targets. He had two drops. They both came last year. So that to me is a really impressive number. Now, last year, if you when he had Sam Hartman, he had 15 contested catches on 23 contested catch attempts for 65.2. 
which is a really impressive number. And that comes down to strong hands and a great catch radius, which I talked about earlier. If you look at Notre Dame this year, let me just pull up their number. So he had 15 catches on 23 targets of contested catches. Notre Dame as a team this year had 24 contested catches on 48 attempts. The only receiver, let's see here, Jaden Greathouse had two out of three. He was at 66.7%. Jaden Greathouse had was at, uh, was as I said, two for three. Chris Tyree was at four for seven. He was at 57.1, and then Mitchell Evans was 5.9. So your best receiver, as uh, you know, two best receivers on contested catches were Rico or Jaden Grace only had three, and then Chris Tyree was 5.9. Mitchell Evans was a 555.6. Uh, Tobias Merriweather was 0 for 2 on contested catches, and then Rico Flores was 4 of 9 on contested catches and uh, for only 44.4%. And Jamal Banks was 15 of 23 two years ago when he had a legitimate quarterback. So he can bring some things to the table. And the thing I like about Jamal, too, is he can play in the boundary as well, but he could also be a field guy. He's, a to me, a pure outside guy. And if you had him and Bo Collins and Chris Mitchell, like there's things you can do to have all three. I mean, you could put Chris Mitchell in the slot at times and have him outside. You can have you know Bo in the boundary, D, uh, Jamal in the boundary, you have Bo in the slot if you want to kind of go big. Bo has played in the slot before. He played a lot of his freshman year in the slot, actually, at Clemson. So certainly a lot of opportunities there for those guys to to, to make plays. So I actually like him. Uh, uh, there's a couple other kids. There's a kid from North Texas who's a really good player. I'd prefer Jamal Banks personally just because he's played at the higher level. He's more proven at that level. And also because I still think Notre Dame needs outside guys. If plenty of guys can play the slot. The more outside guys you get, the more you can use some other guys inside. And Notre Dame play a little bit of 10 personnel this year, and it would not shock me if we see more of that next year. Or even you know some 20 personnel, especially early in the year when Mitchell Evans isn't playing, there may be some merit to kind of doing some 10 personnel and some 20 personnel. 20 personnel being two backs, three receivers, zero tight ends. So two running backs, zero, 20 personnel. 10 personnel, one back, zero tight ends, four receivers. And and so somebody just said Macklin committed to Kentucky. Good. I I I like Jamal Banks better. To me, he was a you know shorter kid. You, you kind of already have him on the roster. To me, I don't know that you have a lot of Jamal Banks's. So so he I actually like Jamal Banks. Will Notre Dame get him? I don't know. How hard will they push? I don't know. But if of the guys out there, he's somebody that I would really like. And he's shown that he can produce at a high level on a smaller number of reps. Because uh, he was part of a like a five man receiver rotation the last couple of years, at least especially in 2023, 22. Excuse me. So um, he's probably the one that I would prefer. Yeah, Brandon, thanks for letting me know that Macklin committed to Kentucky. I didn't know that. That's a nice pickup for Kentucky, though. I'll say this that with him, Cottrell, uh, Brock Vandegrift, and then the running back, Trayanum, they've had a nice portal season as well. All right, let's get to a couple more here before we get out of here. Joe Allen also asks, how confident do you feel in the receiver group now that Notre Dame has the portal receivers and Riley Leonard? Is it good enough to get them over the hump into the next level? We'll see. I mean, Joe, that that's going to require a little bit more reflection. I want to see some of these kids in person in the spring. You know, I want to see Chris Mitchell up close and personal. I want to see Bo Collins up close and personal. I want to see how they're going to use Jaden Greathouse. Does Deion Colsey definitely come back and – you'll get the freshman. But as of right now, I'll be shocked if the receivers aren't significantly better next year than they were this year. Shocked. Is it possible? Sure, it's possible. I thought this year's receiver is going to be a lot better than they were. Uh, But there's less questions. There's less, well, hopefully this guy can do this. Hopefully this guy can do that. 
as there was with this year's group. Joe Allen also asked, does Al Golden become a college head coach or back to the NFL as a coordinator? Well, I mean, there's a chance he stays in Notre Dame. But if he leaves, I think he'll leave for the NFL. I think that's what he would do. If, if to me, what I, I don't know that there's head coaching jobs right now that he would be, he would want. So if he wants to be a head coach in the, in the college, I mean, stay at Notre Dame and, and wait for Rutgers or somebody else to come available. But I don't know that that's going to happen. So I, I think he, I think he either stays in Notre Dame or goes to the NFL as a defensive coordinator is what I think. Wyatt Kerwin asks, it seems that Joe Rudolph is a big fan of Pat Coogan, but do you think there was or should have been conversation between Pat and the coaches about the young talent gaining on him, passing him? Not when Rocco got – once Rocco got hurt, no. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have put Sam Pendleton in there over Pat Coogan in the last two games. Now, I, I like Sam Pendleton, and, and maybe this year Sam gets a shot to, to push for a starting job, but as a true freshman, I, I, don't, I don't know that Sam was necessarily ready for that as a true freshman. My hope is that, you know, Billy's one of the starting guards. Ashton is now there. Like, th- those are guys you're rolling with. When Rocco gets back, let Rocco and Pat battle it out for that guard spot. If if Jagasaw can't play tackle, let him potentially battle it out for a guard spot or Sullivan Absher as well. So I hope it's an open competition, but I just don't think that it will be because, as you said, Joe Rudolph seems to love Pat Coogan. And Pat did some nice things this year, but I just think he is what he is. I don't know that he'll get a lot better. I hope I'm wrong. If Joe Rudolph is going to play him a bunch, I hope I'm wrong uh, because he's one of those good stories you want to root for. It's just I also have to be honest. And I just I saw a tough kid that that battled his butt off, but just doesn't have a lot of power and not overly athletic. Where Rocco's not very athletic either, but at least Rocco, when he's right, can play with power. He can really move people. I don't know that that Pat can really do that, to be honest with you. Got three more here that we'll get to before I uh, before we roll. Archer four five two asks after flipping a wide receiver from AM within the last few days, Syracuse just flipped flipped a four star receiver from Stanford. What in the world is going on in New York? Look, we talked about this. Uh, I believe I talked about this before they hired Fran Brown, but I said Syracuse needs a hire guy that can recruit. That's a big key. And when he got hired by Syracuse, Fran Brown is the head coach. You said, that's a guy that can recruit. And so far, that's exactly what he's done. He's recruiting very well. And that's the key. You've got to be able to have something that can attract talent. It's a lot harder to recruit Syracuse now than it used to be. New York City and New York used to have a lot more talent. They used to recruit New Jersey really well. They don't anymore. That's a pipeline they got to tap back into. Pennsylvania doesn't have as much talent as it used to. So it's just harder. They got to go, they got to go to Florida. They got to go to Georgia. They got to go out west. They got to. You know, they got to have a much higher success rate in New York and in New Jersey. And so you need a dyna- – and, and Dino Babers, great guy from everything I've heard, really great guy, just not a great recruiter and didn't have a lot of great recruiters on the staff. It's imperative, and I think Fran Brown brings that on top of a, a pedigree of playing on on out, coaching on outstanding football teams. So you just – you need a guy that can recruit, and that's an absolute must, and so far that's what they have. W.O. Lewis asks, with the addition of and subtractions for the 24 roster and everyone you expect to be back, is it a playoff roster in 24? If not, what piece or pieces are missing? It's a little too early for that for me. I, I Here's why. I need to know everyone that they're going to get. We still don't know who all is leaving. We don't know who all is coming back. You know, Xavier Watts' decision could impact that. Riley Mills' decision will impact that. Well, let me rephrase. Xavier Watts' decision will impact that tremendously, good or bad, 
Same with Riley Mills. Um, you know, they're still trying to get some more portal guys. So it just depends. I mean, I, I, my gut right now is, yes, it's a playoff team, a 12-team with the 12-team. And then when you look at some of the moves being made by Notre Dame's opponents for next year, I really like how they stack up against their actual schedule. So it just I, I need to just know kind of what the complete roster is going to be. I need to know what the opponents are going to be bringing back and what they're going to be getting in the portal. There's just still a lot of unknowns off my gut, off of what I do know. I absolutely think Notre Dame should be competing for a playoff spot next year and 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 a higher seed playoff spot, meaning five to eight where they're hosting a home game playoff spot next year. Yes, that is my gut reaction instinct, but I don't want to definitively say yes or or no, or whatever, because I, I just really need to study a lot more. But I'll, I'll be sh- I'll be surprised if I if I do the study and we do see who all, everyone gets and doesn't get, and then I'm like, yeah, I don't know. This is a nine and three team. That'll surprise me. To be honest with you, that'll surprise me. Then last question, or actually not a question. Zach Martin says no question, but want to reiterate how important the portal has been to Notre Dame, and despite all the departures, it has been a massive net win for Notre Dame. There's no doubt. Look, I know a lot of people don't like the portal. I get it. I don't like the portal the way that it is. But Marcus Freeman would be an absolute fool to just ignore the portal. And you can't build your team around it. It has to be a supplement to high school recruiting, and that's exactly what he's done. And he has said all along, listen, we're always going to be a high school-driven team, and I'm 100% support that. But you also need to be able to make sure that you are um, doing the things that you need to do as a program to ensure that you're also maximizing and supplementing your roster with portal players that can either be a depth fillers or B guys that come out and are impact players. You need to do both of those things. And so if you're able to do that, then I believe you have a chance to go out there as a program and, really build a roster the right way. And if you don't do that, then you're going to have a tougher time building that. I just I just feel like you you just can't ignore it. I'll just say that you can't ignore the portal. You have to use every avenue possible for town acquisition. Now, when I say every avenue possible, obviously you're not going to go to JUCOs unless there's an anomaly kid that just was overlooked and went there. He's a great student, but he just, you know, you're just not going to get that. But I think you have to, it has to be a supplement to your other things. And I think that's exactly what Marcus Freeman's done. And and then you look at Riley Leonard and Chris Mitchell and Bo Collins and, and, and um, RJ Oban and potentially getting the kicker. And, and there's a couple other kids are looking at Yeah, They're, they're using it and they're, and they're getting depth. Oh, Jordan Carter. I, for, I keep adding to, forgetting to add Jordan Carter. Uh, but yeah, you're, you, you're using it correctly. You're not bringing in volume, you're targeted. And I think that's exactly where they needed to be. And yeah, yeah, I, I like what they're doing. So I'm with you, Zach. I think it's been a definitely been a plus for Notre Dame so far, and they're not done yet. And then hopefully get to the point where you don't need to bring in as many guys, or when you are bringing in portal guys, it's more for depth because of, you know, or somebody went to the NFL early and had a great year, you know, guy comes out next year and, and you think it's going to be phenomenal. And, and uh, you, you think it'd be a breakout and you're, but you know, you're expecting him back for a senior year, but he, he kind of, or you're not expecting him to have a breakout till a senior year, but he comes out as a junior has a monster season and he leaves. 
and you're like, well, we were kind of recruiting to think we're replacing him as a four-year guy, but now we got to replace him as a three-year guy. So let's go out and get a portal guy to bridge that gap between our younger players. Yeah, that that, that stuff will happen, and that's okay. But it's it's that not building your entire team around it like some teams are doing. So I, I really like what Notre Dame is doing in the portal. I do, and and props to Chad Bowden and and the new coach. I am drawing a blank on his name off the top of my head. Uh, Matt Jensen, I think, is his name. Jansen is his name, I believe. Somebody can correct me in the chat if I'm wrong. Uh, but those two guys are both a big part of it. Obviously, Chad and his team, Dre Brown. Uh, I heard that Dre Brown uh, played a really big role in the most recent portal pickup uh, in that regard as well. So you've got a lot of guys that are involved in this process, and they're taking their cues from the head coach. And and then the the, the other assistants who are you know, kind of telling them what the needs are, and they're going out there and finding the and, and impact players. And look, here's the thing: when the portal opened up, as soon as guys, were, I mean, they were on guys immediately. They knew exactly who they wanted to target once the portal opened up, and they went after those guys. And and you have to give them a lot of credit for that. So, I think they're doing a great job on that. That's going to do it, everybody, for today's show. Thanks for being with us today. I really very much enjoyed today's show. Hope you guys did as well. I want to um, uh, thank you all for being with us, as as I said, and I want to encourage you all to do us a favor do us a solid these things help us out hitting that like button the subscribe button the notification bell the notification helps you the like helps us when you comment on the show it helps us when you give us five star reviews on the pad podcast platform that helps us and of course when you sign up for the message boards that definitely helps us so give that a whirl as well so thanks for being with us today everybody we will have a i believe we'll have ib nation sports talk tonight i'm, I'm pretty sure we will uh we'll be back tomorrow we'll have a lot more to talk about tomorrow ryan and i will will and hopefully the these announcements all come out soon so we can finally start previewing the bowl game and talking about the matchup between Notre Dame and uh, and uh, and uh, Oregon State. See, just find out who those teams' rosters are. So anyway, folks, appreciate you all so much. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.